This is the Christmas special of How Not to Date at 28. I'm afraid it still isn't series two. I've been so rubbish and I haven't done it yet. I'm really sorry. I know I promised I would, but weirdly enough, no one wants to go on any dates with me. I know, it's so confusing. It's almost like I've done a whole podcast about how rubbish I am at dating. So I haven't been on any dates, therefore no new stories and uh, yeah, no, no new podcast. I also was hoping to do it with guests and actually it turns out it's a lot of work to get your guests onto the show and then actually do something with them. So if anyone wants to pay me to do the podcast full time, then I will absolutely have this done in no time. But it turns out I have to work full time and therefore... I haven't had a chance to do the podcast. So I'm very, very sorry. If you were hoping I would have done one by now, the reason is not that I am successfully dating someone or settled down and getting married or any of that fun stuff. I'm still very much single, terrible at dating and not able to hold down any kind of relationship. So great success in the year 2021, as you can tell. But what you probably are wondering is about the fact I haven't done a podcast episode in so long that I am no longer 28. The name of the podcast is now a lie. I know, it's a great shame. A lot of my friends suggested that I rename the podcast to something like Dating at 29 and Still Doing Fine. But am I? Am I doing fine? I don't think so. It's an unrealistic name and uh, no one's going to believe that, are they? They're not going to be like, oh yeah, she's suddenly really good at dating. So no, we're not changing the name to that. But I did get some hilarious suggestions, which I thought you might all appreciate hearing. So I've ranked them from five to one. So the top five podcast name suggestions, now that I'm 29, are as follows. At five, we have this classic... 29 and still dating online, which is fair enough. I wasn't dating online and actually I haven't been, but I did download Bumble just before Christmas. Uh, Number four was single at 29, all men are swine, (laughs) which is fair enough, but I actually don't think all men are swine. If you've listened to the podcast, you'll realise that actually men were not at fault in half of my stories. It was actually just me being an idiot and you know, snotting on myself or doing something ridiculous. And that's why things haven't worked out most of the time. I mean, to be fair, men can be rubbish, but yeah, we're not going with that name either. At number three, we've got 29, time to resign. (laughs) Yeah, you're not wrong. It probably is time to resign, isn't it? I should probably just give up on dating altogether, but will I? Will I learn? No, no, I won't. At number two, single at 29, no bloodline. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that is correct. My parents would agree with that. They're like, clocks are ticking. Where's the kiddos? No, I'm joking. They're not really. They've got my sister. Thank God. Thank goodness for older siblings who want to have children because I'd be a real letdown otherwise. And then my personal favourite, 30 minus one. You okay, hun? (laughs) If I was going to change the name from How Not to Date at 28 to anything, it would be that. We're going to stick. We're going to stick with the name, even though it's a lie. And um, I might just change up the jingles every now and then, you know. 
So to fill you in a little bit, as I normally do on what on earth I've been up to, and it has been about eight or nine months, so a lot has happened, I will just give you the selected highlights. And they are traumatic, let me tell you. It's been a big year. Lots of random shit has happened. I've been on probably two dates this year, maybe three. And none of them really deserve a mention, if I'm honest. If any of the guys are listening, they're probably like, wow, that hurts, because I probably did do some crazy shit. But they're not going on the podcast. Not now, anyway. They might get a mention another time, but they're not relevant to today's stories. So, no. However, today's stories are going to feature some festive names. You know I love a name, and you know I love a theme. So today, we're going to have festive names for anyone in stories, and... um. You'll see why when we get to the stories, but they definitely need some names to cover them up today. But first of all, I'm going to fill you in on my year. I'm still working in TV, working in drama now, which is super fun. And I got a new laptop. That's it. That's that's literally all that's happened this year. (laughs) But getting the laptop, which I'm recording on now, and I'm actually fearful that it's not recording because, you know, when you get like new tech and then you're trying to figure out if it's doing its thing and I'm looking at it and it's like, is that working? I don't know. We could just be wasting our time here. But either way, getting the laptop was not as easy as it sounds. And I know what you're thinking, this is going to be a boring story about getting a laptop, but no, it isn't. It kind of is, but it isn't. So the morning of getting my new laptop, let me walk you through it. I'd been at my new job on Wurzel Gummidge for about a week, and my old laptop decided to break. So I ordered a new MacBook online to collect in-store on the Saturday after I finished my first week of work. Unfortunately, when the Saturday finally rolled around and I needed to go and pick up the laptop, it wasn't the straightforward process I was hoping it would be. Mostly due to having a psychopath as a next-door neighbour. I didn't realise he was a psychopath at the time, but I was soon to find out. At the time, I thought he was just like your normal 28-year-old guy living on his own next door to me. I live in a block of three flats and... You know, I say all hi and all the usual stuff to him normally, but I didn't really know him that well. Let's call him the Grinch. (laughs) Nice and jolly for a not jolly story. So, Saturday morning. He came home from a night out at like, I want to say like 4 or 4.30 with some mates and they start having like a house party type thing. Like, unbelievably loud. They're playing like all these crazy games So I put in my earplugs, it's no problem, and I just go to sleep. It's fine. But then I woke up again at like, I don't know, 6.30, 7 o'clock, and they were chanting so loudly. They were playing like these epic drinking games, which, to be fair, sounded so good. I was tempted to go over there and be like, guys, can I play? But it was 6.30 on a Saturday morning, and I was tired, and they'd obviously done a lot of drugs. Their games sort of evolved, They went from these really fun-sounding chanting games into them screaming that they were going to kill each other. Genuinely terrifying scenes. And I could just hear all this furniture crashing, like all this shit going on. So I texted my family WhatsApp group and I was like, guys, um, I don't want to be an annoying neighbour, but should I call the police? Because it kind of sounds like my neighbours are killing each other. And I sent a recording of what it sounded like. And my parents were like, "Um, yes, definitely phone the police. It's time. So I phoned the police. And they were like, oh, yeah, we're already on the way. The other, some other neighbours phoned already. So I was like, oh, shit, okay. Must be bad then. But then the doorbell goes and no one answers it. 
obviously. They're too busy killing each other. So um, no one goes to the door and it's left to me to then go out there and let the police in. So I open my door, which opens into the communal hallway. The Grinch's door is luckily closed, but the communal corridor is like sprayed with blood. There's like blood all down the side. And I'm like, oh, okay. So it was quite serious. I did do the right thing calling the police. And then I run down the stairs to go let the police in. Luckily, it was the police at the door and not the Grinch. Let them in. And uh, there's like 10 guys out there in their like full on, I don't know what it's called, like their protective protective police clothing. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, they're wearing that and they're like ready and they like storm in. They're like, go, go, go uh, on their little radios and all of that. And I'm just left in the street in my slippers. <laughs> I forgot to put shoes on. I didn't know I'd have to go out and let them in. So then I just stand there on the street on my own. They've all gone in. And then I'm too scared to go back inside. So I just had to wait on the pavement until more police arrived. And then I was like, um, hi, excuse me. Um, I live next door to like where this commotion's happening. Can you like let me in? Or like, can I go in with you? Because I'm too scared to go in by myself. <laughs> so then they let me in, which is great. So I um, went in up the stairs with them. And then on the radio, I hear them be like, OK, we've got three casualties. We're going to need an ambulance. And it was all very stressful. I called my sister and was like, can you come pick me up? Because um, the Grinch has tried to kill some people in his flat and I need to go pick up my new laptop. Anyway, she comes and picks me up, or attempts to. As she arrives, the Grinch is being arrested with some other people and some people are going into an ambulance. It's a whole drama. There was blood absolutely everywhere. But no one died, let me just say. No one died. Everyone was fine. It was all good. But then I went to leave to go and get my laptop and the police were like, no you can't leave. I was like, why not? I've not done anything wrong. I'm just, I'm just the neighbour. They were like, yeah, no, because we have to do like a formal police interview. And I was like, I don't think you understand. I've got to get my new laptop for work. (laughs) Start a new job. Like I can't do it without a laptop. Anyway, they thought I was ridiculous and uh, they let me go, which is great. So I went and got my laptop. Um, It was all pretty traumatic. And then went to Oxford Street, picked up my laptop from the Apple store, got home, and um, the whole flat is a crime scene. (laughs) I was like, oh, great. It's just your average Saturday morning then, isn't it? So, um, yeah, went back into my flat, blood everywhere. It was great. And then I got interviewed by the police. They thought I was weird. The detective was really hot. It was very distracting. And then all the charges were dropped, so it was all fine. And then I had to live next door to the Grinch, for the next six months. Um, He only moved out a couple of weeks ago because of the COVID laws. You're not allowed to evict someone with less than six months notice because of COVID. So thanks COVID, I had to live next door to a psychopath for the last six months. So that's been nice. I realise that's not a very funny story and um, this is meant to be a comedy podcast, but that's kind of what's been going on in my life. The funny version of that story is that my sister always thought that I was going to sleep with the Grinch. She thought we were going to have a little fling. So when I called her to be like, I think the Grinch is murdering someone, she's like, oh, I thought you were going to sleep with him. And I was like, mm, no, I don't think so. And then she saw all the blood and stuff. And she was like, yeah, I don't think you're going to sleep with him, are you? And I was like, no, I don't think so. I'm not that desperate. But, you know, maybe give it a few years. <laughs> <laughs> joking I'm never going to it's so gross he is a psycho but also not the only time that I've called the emergency services this year I know once should be enough that should be the only traumatic thing that's happened and yet I did a stupid thing um possibly 
something that only I would do because I am that much of an idiot. But basically, long story short, who am I kidding? None of my stories are short. So I take this drug called propanolol, which slows your heart rate right down and somehow stops you from getting migraines. I was getting them all the time, which is why I have to take daily medication. So I take this drug, which is really dangerous if you suddenly stop taking it or if you take too much, because obviously it's like affecting how your heart works, which I don't know if you know, but your heart is quite an essential organ. So this one morning I woke up and I think it was like lockdown times. It was very confusing. You know, when you like lose track of the time and the day and like your life because it's lockdown and no one has a fucking clue what's happening. So I woke up one morning like super early, maybe like five or six a.m. And I keep the propanolol by my bed and I take it like first thing when I wake up. So I took a tablet when I woke up then and then I must have fallen asleep again, forgot I'd taken it and then woke up at like eight o'clock or something like a, like a more reasonable time and took more. And then late, I get up and later on in the day, I'm then like, did I, did I take the propanolol? Because I'm not sure and I can't remember taking it. And like your heart starts to feel a bit weird if, if you've not taken it. So I thought it was beating really heavily because I'd not taken it. So I took another one. So I'd basically taken triple the dose of what I should have taken within the space of like a few hours, which obviously is not, is not recommended. So then my heart started to beat really slowly, but really aggressively against my chest, like really hard pumps. Sounds sexual, but it wasn't. So I started to panic a little bit, not too much, because my heart's so slow, I couldn't really get stressed or anxious. (laughs) It's also taken as um, anxiety medication, so you can't really get anxious whilst you take it. But I was aware that I was probably going to die, so I was like, oh, I should probably go to the um, pharmacist or something. Luckily, on the street outside, there is a pharmacy. So I went down... Oh, there's literally a siren coming along as I'm telling this story. So relevant. Anyway, I don't even know if you can hear that. Oh, you can definitely hear that. It's so bloody loud. Okay, we'll just let that pass. I'm still recording at my kitchen table, if you couldn't tell. Anyway, I went to the pharmacy just down the road and I said to them, I was like, I've taken this much propanolol. Am I going to die? My heart feels fucking weird. Can you help me? And they were like, oh, no, I don't think so. We're not really allowed to advise on dosage or anything like that. And I was like, yeah, but can you just say, like, is this safe? Like, what should I do? Do I need to go to the hospital? Or like, what's, what's the plan here? And they were like, no, we literally can't tell you anything. Fair enough, but really annoying, because surely they would know what a dangerous dose is. So then I came back to my flat. I live up three flights of stairs. So by the time I come up the stairs again, my heart was having an absolute shit fit. And I felt horrific. I just had to sit down and could barely move. It was like the opposite of a panic attack. (laughs) Like I could barely breathe. Anyway, whatever. So then I, I phoned 111. And I was like, this is what's happened. I've taken too much of my medication. Can someone just tell me if this is safe or not? Can I speak to a doctor or whatever? And they're like, okay, so you've taken an overdose. And I was like, yeah, technically I've taken an overdose of my prescribed medication, not on purpose. This is what's happened. They're like, okay, um, so the ambulance is on the way. It'll be a couple of minutes. I was like, oh, hold on, hold on. I don't need an ambulance. Um, I just need to know if I'm going to die. And they were like, yep, so the paramedics are one minute away. <laughs> it's like, no, 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 no. I, I don't need an ambulance. I don't. Anyway, before I can even say anything, the ambulance has fucking arrived. They ring the doorbell and have to go down and answer the door because I live on my own. 
I open the door and the paramedics are there, like all flustered and like ready to rush in and save this person. And I'm just there. And they're like, hi, we're here for the overdose. And I'm like, yep, <laughs> yep, that's me. They're like, what? You, you've overdosed? I was like, yeah, I have. I have. I know I look fine and I'm answering the door. I've, I don't know why you're here, to be honest. I just needed to know if I'd taken a safe amount of my medication. Anyway, so then we went back up the stairs, up the three flights again. My heart again is freaking out. But the paramedics, who found it all very funny, and I did explain to them that I hadn't phoned 999 and I didn't need an ambulance. But anyway, they did all the tests. It was all fine. They just said that I wasn't allowed to move for the rest of the day. Like, I had to literally sit still on my sofa all day. They were like, you're not allowed to do any exercise. Don't get down the stairs again because <laughs> your heart won't be able to cope. And I was like, oh, cool. Okay, well, that's great. Thanks so much. Anyway, so then they left and I felt like an absolute fool. But they were really nice. So yeah, so that was the other um, emergency services I used. And then we got the uh, the triple threat with uh, the fire brigade, luckily. So my flat, third floor, as I've mentioned, gets absolutely boiling. I've got skylights. And during the summer, it got so hot in here that it set off all the fire alarms. And I phoned, like an, again, a non-emergency number. Wasn't phoning 999. Phoned non-emergency number and was like, hi, guys. I was like, um, all the fire alarms are going off. Like, how do I reset this or, like, turn it off? There's definitely no fire. Like, do I ring an electrician to come and unplug them? Or, like, like what do I do? And they were like, okay, if your fire alarm's are going off in the whole building, then we do have to send the fire brigade. And I was like, no, there's no fire. Do not send the fire brigade. And they were like, cool. So the fire brigade will be five minutes. <laughs> and again, I'm like, oh, my fucking God. Like, can't we just? No? Okay. So fire brigade turns up with the Ninos on, whole fire engine, like maybe five firemen or some, some a ridiculous amount for a non-fire. Um, and yeah, they thought I was ridiculous obviously and they're on their radios being like clear clear yep this room's clear and I was like yeah they're all clear there's no fire my flat is just a fucking furnace so um yeah I made them help me unplug the fire alarm thing and they had to turn them off at the mains and they were like you need to turn these back on again once it cools down a bit because that's really dangerous and I was like I am leaving this switched off forever it was so embarrassing Obviously, I did switch it back on again, but oh my God, my life is a joke. Like, you can understand one of those things happening to someone, right? Like, one emergency services in a year or whatever. But three, three's just stupid. Like, what is my life? But anyway, you're not here for the general embarrassment. You're here for the dating stories. So let's do it. Today, I thought I'd share with you some dates that happened many, many years ago, which had two things in common. One, they were with Z-list celebrities, and two, they took place at Winter Wonderland, that classic festive date location. So the first date was ages ago, when I was 18. It must have been one of the first dates I'd ever been on. I can't remember going on dates when I was younger than that. So I'd just moved to London in the August of when I turned 18 and we used to go to this club called The Grand in Clapham Junction, very much like Inferno's, but Inferno's I think you had to be 21 to go and The Grand, they just let in any old riffraff. So we used to go there and it was awful, but in the best way. And there'd always been events on before. They had like bingo nights or stand up or concerts. I feel like we saw five there once. 
you know, like five will make you get down now. But it was like two of five. But they still called it five, even though it was two. Anyway, so yeah, so they had events on first and then it turned into a club in the evening. And this one night, there must have been a stand-up comedy show on before it became a club. So I was dancing with my pals and this guy came over and he asked for my number. And he was like, do you want to go on a date? And I was like, mm, I do. So we exchanged numbers. And it turns out he's a stand-up comedian. And I'd, I'd never dated a Z-lister before. And I was so excited that you could Google his name. And it came up. Came up with like three things. It was, very, it was a very exciting time. So I, I very quickly became obsessed with this guy. And I pretty much told everyone at drama school that I was dating him. We were exclusive, all of that shit. And we hadn't even been on a date yet. So that was good. It was a good, it was a good start. But also he had loads of YouTube videos of his stand-up gigs. So I watched all of them. <laughs> Literally all of them, more than once. I knew exactly what each joke was and I loved it. I thought he was the funniest man I'd ever met. Needless to say, by the time we went on our first date, I knew absolutely everything there was to know about this man, and I knew all his jokes, (laughs) which is not a good start, because I looked like a weirdo. And I was 18, I didn't know how to date anyway, so, you know, it wasn't ideal. So before the date, I'd made myself so nervous, because I thought he was such a celeb, that I'd just worked myself into an absolute state. I almost cancelled on the date, it was snowing. And I was like, no, we can't go. We can't possibly go in the snow. And he was like, what? (laughs) We can. And also we were going to Winter Wonderland, which I'd not heard of before and not been to before. And this is like 10 years ago. uh, 11 years ago. Oh, that's so sad. 11 years ago. And Winter Wonderland wasn't as big as it is now. It was literally a few stalls. There was a bar. I think there was an ice rink, but there wasn't much there. There was only a couple of rides, but it was really expensive. I'm pretty sure it was like cash only. And I just hated it. It was really awkward. There wasn't that much to do. We hadn't taken enough money to actually do stuff there. So we ended up just having like a hot chocolate or something really lame in this bar. And he kept asking me questions about stuff. And I was so nervous and so eager to impress him that I just kept making shit up. I remember him asking what I'd done over the summer holidays before starting at drama school. And I told him I was a chef. (laughs) which I absolutely wasn't. I worked in the local pub and I microwaved food. I literally reheated food. I was not a chef. And he was like, oh, cool. What dishes do you make? And I couldn't name a single thing. Not a si- I couldn't even tell him like sausage and mash. I was literally like, went blank. And then he was like, okay. I also remember him asking if I liked stand-up comedy. And I obviously said yes, because I'd watched all of his videos, but I'd never seen any live comedy or anything. And he asked who my favourite comedians were. And I was like, oh yeah, you know, those two guys that do the the thing. Turns out I was describing two magicians. And he obviously thought I was an absolute idiot, ghosted me, and I never saw him again, which makes sense. But I did continue to stalk him for a little while after that. I didn't stalk him for that long, to be fair. I stalked him for a couple of months, maybe tops. Until just before doing this podcast, I wanted to see what he was doing now. Because I've not seen him on TV or anything since. Classic Z-lister, not actually on telly or anything. But I looked on his Instagram. He's got a little blue tick. He's got a few followers. The smart thing to do would have been to contact him and ask him to come on as a guest. (laughs) But I'm too embarrassed that I lied about being a chef and uh, he's also married now and he's got his own podcast, which looks like it's doing quite well. So, um, you know, we'll wait until this podcast has got a few more followers and then we'll um, then maybe we'll get him on. (laughs) 
The second date I ever had to Winter Wonderland was with another Z-lister who I met in a bar. He's like a proper Z-lister to the point where he's not famous now. Doesn't have a blue tick, poor guy. I actually don't know what his job is now, but I did look on social media just to check like what he was doing. Just to check I wasn't name dropping too much because he's actually not famous now. But at the time, oh my goodness, he was a big deal. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't. He was on The Apprentice, bless his soul. And he did, um, not badly, but he was such an idiot that he was really memorable. So um, when we went on our first date, he was recognised by literally everyone we passed and they all wanted selfies and it pissed me off so much. Now you'd think that'd be really fun and you'd feel like you're with someone really famous and cool, but it was so annoying. Imagine being on a first date and you're trying to get to know someone and every two seconds people are coming up to you being like, hi, can you take a picture of me with the guy you're on a date with. Also, I was really upset because I wanted to be in the pictures and no one wanted a picture of me, <laughs> obviously. I ended up getting in a bit of a strop and it was our first date. No one wants to get in a strop on their first date, but I did and I refused to take pictures and videos of him with people. By the end of the date, I was like, no, not having it, this is silly. And then I'm pretty sure I left early. I was like, no, not doing it. But in fairness, we did then date for like three or four months. So, you know, it wasn't that dreadful. But the end of the relationship was dreadful. He posted on Twitter that a girl had stayed in his hotel room and left him a love note about four months into us dating and us having had a discussion about not dating other people. So, yeah, should have seen it coming. <laughs> but I didn't. <gasps> so, yeah, that was uh, not ideal. And I just think um, Winter Wonderland dates aren't the one they're just not the one guys just don't do it don't do it to yourself it's so expensive or maybe I'm just bitter because my Z list dates didn't work out that's not me name dropping as well by the way they're like two of the least famous people you've ever met in your whole life I just feel like it's relevant to the stories that you know that they were Z listers otherwise it wouldn't make any sense anyway that's all I've got for today I just wanted to do some Christmas stories and those are sort of Christmassy aren't they it involves winter wonderland that's festive and sort of give you an update on why I've been so shit this year. Again, sorry for not doing series two with guests yet. I will do it at some point in the next 10 years because let's be real, I'll still be single and uh, dating horrendously. All that's left to say is that I still don't know how to pronounce Joan and the snuffle pig has finally gone after three pest control companies came out and pretty much all gave up and were like, we can't help you. It actually left of its own accord, probably because the Grinch was such a dreadful neighbour and they were like, fuck this, we're getting out of here. But either way, I can now sleep through the whole night without any snuffling in the walls, which is just delightful. On that note, have a wonderful new year and I hope 2022 brings you all the dating success of someone who isn't me. She's failing a date at the age of 29!